From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Thank you for joining us again. I cannot believe we're coming up. This is actually our 48th podcast. We've been doing this for almost a year. And what I keep thinking, Paul, is that what we really ought to do is change our opening uh, music. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Or Every least, time I put the podcast together, I think maybe it'd be maybe cool not to... <laughs> maybe not the music, but at least our commentary up front. Because those of you that have heard all these episodes by this point are going, "Yes, I get it." I'm kind of thinking the same thing because I'm thinking over here, like, "Yes, yes, we've used it for a maybe while." We'll, hmm. Maybe we'll do that for our one year our one year anniversary of the podcast. People <laughs> be like, "Oh, you're a year in." Maybe that'll be our tradition. Every year, the the opening commentary changes. But we're back tonight with that. more car debates, as the title suggests. We've got our friend Marcus in Canada, longtime listener and fan of the show, is yeah. writing to us and hey, asking Marcus. specifically about mid-engine cars, which is an interesting focus, and he doesn't have much money, which makes it even harder. Yes. And a local yes. friend from Utah, Scott. Hey, Scott, how are you, man? I'm really glad you wrote in. We actually know Scott personally, so that's pretty cool that yeah. he decided, all right. It was very funny. He's actually a friend of my wife's, a friend of ours as well, but I'm mainly a friend of my wife's. And uh, they were having they were having uh, lunch recently, and he was talking about being frustrated with his car. <laughs> My wife kind of looked at him over their their meal and went, "You're kidding, right? You haven't written you haven't written to the guys <laughs> yet." Like, so hey, Scott. Um, so he's written to us. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is kind of obvious here, buddy. So anyway, so we're going to talk about what Scott needs. He's a realtor and he has some specific needs. We're going to talk about that coming up this evening as well. Yeah, great. I, I'm loving that. And uh, you know, obviously, in keeping with the car buying theme here, we've been asked a lot of different ways over the years about best way to look for a car and best way to shop for mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. techniques and just kind of our thinking. And I'd like to talk about, you know, should you buy out of state? You know, what kind of sure. things do you yeah. look for? What websites do you go to? You know, why should you look for a car out of state versus in state or, or your area? I mean, we're talking to folks yeah. international yeah, yeah. too. So this doesn't just apply to, uh, to the United States. It, it applies to, you know, your local area. And mm -hmm, it depends mm -hmm. on a lot of different factors, you know, like, you know, well, and you're, you're, you're what's right. available. You're right that a, that a lot of people have asked us this question in from various angles. And I want to say, here's my, here's my one kind of disclaimer and caveat. We'll give you our perspective and our experience and the reasons why we, we recommend certain things. We're not claiming this is definitive, the end-all, be-all. Oh, We're certainly happy to not. Hear you guys' no. ideas as well. But we have gotten this question consistently. One of the consistent questions is, what websites are you guys looking on? And it's funny because I kind of consider it obvious, but at the same time, <laughs> we may as well call them out. I mean, the, the, the most obvious one we use when you guys write to us is AutoTrader. I wish, I'll be perfectly honest, I wish they were paying me to say that. They or not. But well, we use uh, Auto we'll Auto Trader because you can exactly because you can filter the results so well, <laughs> specifically to your area. But I mean, we've also mentioned Auto Web on here. That's obviously an yep, upstart new that's one. That's a good one. That works well. But also Car Gurus is another good one. The thing that Car Gurus does, and I'm not sure how accurate, but what they try to do is tell you based on their uh, research how they th think that car is priced. Do they think it's too high? Do they think it's too low? That's an interesting thing that they try to add. But the, the key thing, I feel like, is that you need to start 
what's the car I want? If you if you've narrowed that down, maybe you haven't. That makes it t- trickier. But what's the car I want in my area? And then keep expanding your net or your search until you find one that kind of connects all the dots. Sure, that's one way to do it. And you know, if you have a particular car in mind you like and you know you want, and you're searching for that, I mean, Auto Web is a great example of that's how their website mm. is geared. But I mm-hmm. I like to shop for cars that I didn't know that I wanted until I find something and go, <laughs> oh wow, I didn't know that I wanted that, but I do want it. And so what I do sure. is, I hadn't used CarGuru, that's an interesting one, but I have generally, I mean, for years, I love that you and I will just send each other links like, I found this car, click this link, uh-huh. oh my uh-huh. gosh, you've got to check this All out. All the time. But All I'm, the time. I'm going it's a to disease. these privately owned, you know, these uh, independent, well, I guess dealers, but, um, you know, they're not dealers in the tra- traditional sense. They're just car brokers, but they have these, you, you know, you have a gift. records. You oh have a gosh. gift for finding, like, cars by <laughs> brokers, cars that pe- – people that focus on certain kinds Since of cars. Like naming. you talked about that BMW one recently. <laughs> oh, yes. You just you, – you are so good at finding those places that have pristine cars. And I, I will acknowledge also, because you keep your cars pristine, you also buy pristine. And so, yes, well, a lot of times I when like you send to. me a link to some place I've never seen before, I'm like – Ooh, this price is going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, but wow, like, are the cars nice? I mean, that's that's I guess how I'm wired. And again, it depends on yeah. you know how yeah, you yeah. think and what you're shopping for. But again, so if we're naming them, it's uh, enthusiastauto.com, Sloan Cars, yeah. Park Place yeah. Limited, Plaza Motors in uh, Arizona, AIC Auto, Will Hoyt Inventory or Will Hoyt Enterprises. Um, Park Place is gorgeous. Yeah, their stuff. It is. That's that's they're like, up in that's t- like Washington, right? Tacoma, their, Washington. Their stuff's yeah. gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love to drool and imagine the possibilities because luxury yeah, cars yeah. fall off a cliff, and so you think, oh well, maybe I'll buy a lease, <laughs> and then you find these gorgeous beauties on there, and you think, I didn't know I wanted this car, but here it is, two years old, and oh my gosh, I could possibly now think I- about. Killing the bank now account. Now I must have this car. car. I must have this car. I, I didn't know what it is, but now I must have it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's well, all so bad. I, you know, so I admit, and all of these places they're out of state, and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I even go to these, you know, the car shows. Um, Goodwood's coming up, but like Monterey weekend and Pebble Beach. I mean, the rich guys, yeah. they don't care where the car is located. They might find it on. No, of course not. From bring a trailer to Auto Trader to. All the high-end exotics, you know, word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, even yeah, yeah. gosh, like guys like Wayne Carini and and uh, you know the car, the the stuff well, that sure. they if deal can, with. If you can throw down, if you can throw down, but they their thinking is on one extreme is I don't care where the car is located, if it's nice yeah. and it fits yeah. my need and it's what I want, I'm gonna go get it. And then there's sure. the other extreme of you know what I'm limited by budget and just you know maybe mm-hmm. it's a four-wheel mm-hmm. drive. Something with the cold weather package, it just isn't available in California or, you yeah, know, a hot yeah, climate yeah. or vice versa. You know what I mean? So it depends. Mm-hmm. But I, I admit to buying two cars out of state, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, you've done well with that, by both the way. Both Porsches. Both my Porsches. Yes, I know. Both I'm my well beloved aware. Porsches. And I've had good experience with both. It, You have to be diligent. You have to push on these buyers. And I mm-hmm. guess all I can attribute to it to is – just that sense of am I kind of being taken for a ride? Is it, you know, do I like the person over the phone? It's just gut reaction and intuition and all of those things. Well, and, I, I think and I've gotten also, lucky in that also, sense. But 
well, I don't know that you've gotten lucky. I mean, you here's know. the thing. I will also say, if Paul, I'm warning anyone out there, if you have a really nice car you're selling and Paul Schmucker calls you, <laughs> brace yourself and grab your camera because he he sends these owners out to take specific photos of specific things. And, you know, let's say an owner that's really consistent is going to post 20-something photos. Paul will have 50, 60 of the photos because he's going, I need a photo of this. I need a photo of this. I want to see a picture of the receipt for you doing this. So he's very <laughs> he's very meticulous. On the other end of the spectrum, though, to your credit, you establish a good rapport with these out-of-state owners uh, ahead of time. And you're, you're, you, when you've done this, you've done it from private owners. You right, establish a right. good rapport and you get them around to the fact that you're not just a random guy calling who wants to buy a car. You're a car enthusiast and you're looking for specific things. And once yeah. they realize that, they seem to be much more willing for you to kind of go nuts and be like, okay, I need to know about this now. And when we went out, I remember when we flew out and we drove your Cayman back. I yeah. mean, that guy had given you so much information. You had absolutely <laughs> no surprises when you showed up. And, and did you did you send that car off to a pre-purchase inspection locally before you flew? I forget if, we, if you did uh, or not. You know, I can't remember. I think I just relied on him having all the receipts and – you know him promising me that he had you, the folder of receipts and dealer you called the dealer and, if memory serves if memory I serves you called the dealer that he'd had it serviced at and you had them run down the car for you because I think he I think just had a service yeah. done if He's, my memory he, he if claimed my the service right. and I thought you know what not that I don't trust you but I'm just going to call the dealer and and you know dealer knows the car the guys who are working on it and they'll they'll give it to me straight yeah. because they got nothing to lose yeah, there they, They'd known you know. it all. They'd known the car throughout, and yeah. that was that was the thing he did. That's right, because you didn't do an actual just before you bought the car inspection, but he just had <laughs> it's more of an one. End of, run I forget than what anything. increment. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he just had some sort of incremental standard came in uh, service had been just finished, so you called the dealer and went break it down. Yeah. So you had that yeah. info ahead of time. I mean, I think the hard thing about going out of state is that pre-purchase inspection. Where do you send it? Do you have somebody locally? Do you take the time when you fly in to get it done? Are you? I mean, here's I'm going to throw this down real quick. Here's the real tough part about flying to another state to get your car. You have to be mentally prepared to fly home. Yeah, that's a great point. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest yeah. part because what happens is you're going to show up in that location you and, and you're planning to drive the car home. So you don't have your return ticket yet. You're planning to drive the car home. Unless it kind of has the wheels fall off in the driveway, it'll be really hard to go, you know, it's not what I hoped for, and get back on a plane. Because now you've got to buy a last-minute plane ticket. You've got to fly home. That's a hassle. Your excitement is now killed. That's a tough thing to turn around on. But it's you have to kind of steal stuff. yourself. Before you get on that plane, you have to steal yourself for, I may be buying a one-way ticket home. It's a great point. So what does that to, look like? I, I had to do the same thing when I was selling the Cayman. It was a gentleman uh, from out of town. And he flew in, you know, he asked me to arrange the pre-purchase inspection. You know, of course, he paid for it. And then mm -hmm. I had to do mm -hmm. the same thing, but with a thought of, I might be flying back to Utah, still owning the car that's sitting in California. Now what do I do with it? And mm, I had sure. to kind of prepare yeah, myself that. for that. You, you know, just moved. Yeah. Hoping mm -hmm. that he would like it and buy it. And so I was presenting it, you know, on my best behavior. And fortunately, it really worked out. And, you know, of course, the car passed. No problems. And uh, that pushed the car him over was the edge. spotless. The yeah, car was, was spotless. He got spotless. a fantastic deal on a yeah. great car. And what, what what I love about this yeah. story the most, and I should share this, the guy that bought Paul's Cayman, he's 
he's in his 60s, if memory serves. Yeah. He is a giddy child about this car. Keeps sending <laughs> Paul photos and descriptions of great drives he's gotten. Talk about a buyer that was thrilled. And of course he was. As I've said it before, this was a certified Paul-owned Porsche. So it was very clean. <laughs> this guy got a great car. I'm excited for whatever Paul gets next. But actually, I want to I want to go the other route for a second. I mean, you've talked okay. about the, the out-of-state thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, as, you, as, as you know, as we've shared, I'm looking for a car. Right, and, right. And I did the thing you've talked about. I actually, at one point, I mean, my my budget is about twenty grand, not twenty five, by the way, twenty. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm legitimately working with. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. once it's all in, you know, taxes and everything, maybe twenty one, possibly up just above twenty one, but twenty Squeaking is what we're really by. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the budget. That's not run around budget. That's it. And so I've been looking, and at one point, you and I talked about this a bit. At one point, I literally just took that amount of money. And plugged in my fa- factors, which were rear-wheel drive and stick shift, and just went, what comes up? And that was fascinating to see things like a Mazda Speed 3, because I'm looking specifically for rear-wheel drive. But it was just interesting to see even kind of taking filters off. Like, okay, take off rear-wheel drive, see what shows up. Oh, look, right. Mazda Speed 3's on there. Oh, look, the, the obviously the Honda S2000's on there. All sorts of interesting things. I was like, yeah, I don't want that car. But, oh, look, there's a 370Z. It was just like websites algorithms at their best, you know, spitting out information but, back at you. But I if love you're, that. Exactly. But if you're like <laughs> us, you know, you can almost get yourself, and you guys write us this way sometimes, you can almost get yourself lost in your options. And so I've done that just to be curious. Where I will probably land, and you guys will see this as a long-term car because we're going to tune it and play with it soon, but what I, where I will probably land is an FRS or a BRZ. Well, as we talk about say, it on the show a lot. You've been, you've been kind of already had your heart set on this for a long time. You've been... Well, it's there's been a lot at of, least a year you've been talking about doing this. And so you, you were There's a lot of it, reasons for it. You were approaching it already kind of knowing. And I think you were just exactly. sort of having fun over here like, oh, let's change the algorithm and see what spits back. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Absolutely. But I'm well, still searching really for FRS or BRZ. I mean, that's I mean, I, kind of course, of course I want Which is Of fine. course I want a Lotus Elise. Of course well, I want a Lotus Elise. Yes. But I need $10,000 more to be able to do it. So I need to, you know, Todd 50% keeps sending more me budget to do it. Auto Trader <laughs> links to oh, I, the I'm perfect Elise. And He'll go. It'll be like mid afternoon. Like, oh my gosh! And yeah. it's red with the right tan leather, and it's the yeah, right price. Just, and he's going via email. Yeah. It's so funny. I found. <laughs> I found a, a few weeks back, guys. I honestly found the exact Lotus I wanted, the color I wanted. Yeah, everything you sent about it, it was to right. Me. I have it to was, agree. It was twenty. It was twenty nine grand. Luscious. I just luscious. flat out can't do it. It was like, that is so painful because it's the exact right car and just out of reach. So I feel your pain if you're in that boat. Maybe but if we held a thing bake for me, sale, like over here at the high school or lemonade <laughs> at stand at the school. end of the block. A bake Maybe sale, we could I raise nine anyway, grand because you've got a budget of 20. Thing, and if we can only raise nine grand frightening. selling the thing brownies. About, the thing maybe? about the FRS BRZ for me is the fact that it's, it's a current car. They are coming down in price. They're becoming very cheap. It's very yeah. tunable. It's recent. We can track it. We can talk about track stuff. We can talk about tuning. It's going to open up a lot of things for us to do on video that we haven't been able to do before. So that's one of the things from the show perspective. It makes all kinds of sense. Yeah. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. And it is a car that I like. It's not, I mean, it's not in the lease category for me by any means, but it's a car that I genuinely like. But I'm bringing this back around to buying out of state because I seriously looked at it. Because I could go outside of Utah and find, A, more options, and B, more deals. However, I've decided against it, and here's why. Once I fly to these places, and most of the places where I can get deals are like Texas or the East Coast. Which are not close. 
once I fly there, I've got a better part of a two-day drive back. Yeah. At yeah. that point, the savings is kind of washed away from me personally for two reasons. One, if I'm going to spend that money, and you and I have talked about this, but if I'm going to spend that money to fly somewhere I don't live and spend two days before I get home, I kind of can't justify that unless you and I are shooting something worthwhile and big for the show. We're going 110 miles an now, hour across the vast plains of Texas, but I take your point. I mean, yes, somebody out there, I mean, you could you could argue, yes, we would shoot a video of buying that car and bringing it back. Yeah, I get that. Sure. But it's hard for me to justify the savings would be blown away for a video that would actually not be all that. I mean, like, I want to I fly somewhere and do, like, the EcoBoost piece we just did. I want to get mm -hmm. some cars. I want to do a big Comparo. That, to me, is worth the money. Flying somewhere just to drive a car home for a video, I, I, I struggle with that. So I've actually kind of narrowed myself even further to locally just because I looked at the savings on the car was getting washed away by the loss of time and money to get there. Well, yeah. Because it would I mean, have been a hotel stay and exactly. meals and all that kind of stuff. So you have to you have to do that equation too. Oh, look, I saved a thousand dollars. Yeah, but did you spend twelve hundred driving it home? And you know, you what? know, there's that question. There's the if you don't go pick it up and drive it home, the only other option is to have it shipped, and it's about depending on where you are, it's about twelve hundred bucks, twelve to fifteen hundred dollars to ship the yeah. thing. And so then you're going, all right, well, I tack that onto the purchase price of the car and. Mm -hmm. Whoops, you know, and I got then, the car that I wanted, but it's a trade-off. Yeah. So, and then, unless you flew out and flew back and then had it trucked, you don't see the car until they pull it off the truck. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying don't right. do that, but if you want to talk about actually making sure you're confident in the car, you haven't even looked the owner in the face, you haven't even seen the car, and it's yours and it pulled off the truck. If something's seriously wrong with it, congratulations, you own the car. Now, this right. is a worthwhile dice roll if you find the right car, right. but all of these are factors. So you kind of have to figure out what is my pain threshold and what, what's, what's the trade-off? Because let me, yeah. let me say this to you. If, you. if you were in, I'm just thinking out loud, if you were in uh, Washington State and you bought a car in, Calif in L.A., Sure. And you sure. could drive it home up the one for two days. That's a life experience that you that everybody should do. So spend that money. Sure. If, if I mean, it ends you up could... being 500 bucks more, go do that trip. But if yeah, you're going to yeah, be yeah. driving across the, the flat of plains of Kansas. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. If you're driving across the flat plains of Kansas in your brand new sports car, uh, you know, was there a benefit? And these are, I'm not saying there's a specific answer. You as a listener have to figure out, as a buyer have to figure out what's your decision. For me on this specific car, I went no. Now, if it had been the perfect Elise for the perfect price, drive that across country. I might have thought about that. <laughs> that means so, going to yeah, debt right there to even more debt yeah, to oh, go yeah, get it, it. Oh, yeah, it does. Depends on the car. It depends. Yeah. It just, I mean, obviously, you know, we're kind of saying with buying out of state means obviously more dollars and more money. Um, just kind of depends on how much you can stomach or how much you can afford. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know that buying out of state is completely out of the question. If, you, Like you said, if you can put it in the vacation category and kind of – even if yeah. it's the next yeah. state over and you can – I don't know. Uber doesn't have interstate travel well, yet, but, for, you know. For me – but here's the thing. For me personally, my, my threshold my threshold was five 600 miles because that was going to be something I could easily do in a day. That's so a day's drive. a cheap drive. plane ticket right. and a day's drive back. Right. Once right. it got into more than a day's drive back, now it's just compounding itself for meals on the road. you got to sleep somewhere. 
it's taking two days of my life. These are the things I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So that was the, sure. that was the, the trade off for me. And you and I even talked about if I was in L.A. for a for a shoot for us and could find one there in the right time frame, could drive it back from there. That's about seven hundred miles. That That's would make sense. Drive. We'd be yeah. there anyway. Yeah. That we could be there anyway. But it, the, but these are all the factors. And I, I will say. Shop out of state to see what's going on with the prices because I knew a lot of people in California that bought in Texas and saved thousands of dollars. Well, that's the thing. So there right are there. those things. That's the new factor. And I would say, I think, and I say this because of your experience, I think you kind of have to buy from a private owner if you buy out of state so that you can see what the rabbit trail is. Because if you buy off somebody's random lot, pretty much, uh, maybe it's good, yeah. but you don't have a you don't have a person to check in with. And you're in a and you're in a city that you don't know, and all these kind of. I and mean, that's my gut gut instinct. I don't know that that's completely right, but that's my feeling. Well, good thoughts. I'm curious to uh, hear if any of you guys listening out there what your experiences have been, just in terms mm-hmm. of Definitely. you know good or bad. I mean, obviously we're we're kind of on different sides of the equation here. Shocking. Neither neither of which is the right one necessarily, but it's got to work for you. But yeah, I mean, obviously. You know, if you can score a deal, and then now we can even go deeper into the European delivery, but we can save that for another time. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving. That sounds like a teaser. <laughs> we'll keep moving to, like uh, to the anyway, car okay, debates yeah, for now. Wow, we should move it's, on uh, before we've been we move on too far. On here for a little bit. Yeah, we've gone, we, we could so. apparently do a whole podcast on chasing a car out of state. So let's actually try to move on. Before we move on, though, I do want to say, have you rated this podcast? If you're listening and you have not rated on iTunes, do us a favor. Go on iTunes. Give it a star rating. Leave us a written comment. You know, we mentioned this on the last podcast, and we mentioned it, and you guys did it, and it was instantly back in the top ten. It absolutely matters. That's it pretty cool. The analytics. Thank it you guys. Changes who finds it. Yeah. Yes, you guys. You guys kind of hold the keys to that. I mean, we're going to keep doing this podcast. We love how many of you are writing in. But if you are writing in and you're listening every week, do us a favor and just do some sort of commentary. And I'm not saying you must get on and give it five stars. You feel that way? Please do. But get on and give it an honest review. That interaction is the stuff that pushes it up higher. So please do that if you would. Well, speaking of a guy who does listen every week, hey, Marcus, thanks for writing. He listens every Mm -hmm. week from Vancouver, B.C., and he's writing to us with some interesting thoughts here. I I really like what you've written and want to share a little bit about the email that Marcus wrote in to to us. He's, uh, like I said, he's up in BC. He's 22 and he's got some kind things to say again. I, we really appreciate that, Marcus. Thank you so much. Uh, Love that you're listening and watching. Um, Yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, consuming the content that we produce and and, uh, we're happy to have him as a fan. So thank you so much. So as I was saying, Marcus, 22, he got this 94 Toyota MR2. Mm-hmm. This is a JDM car. Uh, yep. Two-liter turbocharged, thing. obviously. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, in his email, it says here, in Canada, Canadians can import anything as long as it's 15 years or older. So he yep. went with, yep. of course, the most powerful and best-looking MR2 that he could find. Or well, and he went JDM. He bought a JDM one. JDM and that's car, what's so right? fascinating. Car right. that you couldn't even get. You still can't get in the U.S., so uh, yeah, listen he's to had how that, much he paid here. It. He paid seven k, seven thousand dollars. I know. Fell in love that with is it. Steal. <laughs> it sounds like he's never going to sell it. Is by the yeah. by the gist he's of the email here. <laughs> desperately dedicated to this car, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. loving. So he's exploring. He's loving mid engines, and he's mm-hmm. wanting to know what other solid nibble and light mid engine cars that he could get as another car, similar weight balance to the MR2. Uh-huh. He's, he says here he's trying. He's tempted to try out the first gen MR2, which I have not driven. Have you driven that car? 
Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't driven I, past I've, the one he's talking about. But yeah, I, I knew you had driven the the um, second generation that he's got. I've never driven the first gen, but that is a tiny car. And here it yeah. is. The budget is twenty grand. So he's looking for mid-engine car. What's available? Uh-huh. And obviously, you know, my mind instantly jumped to rear mid-engine. But we have to include any ideas that are in the twenty grand range that could be front mid-engine or nearly Agreed. like well, it. So we've got to keep that in thing. mind as well. He mentioned stats-wise, this this MR2 is actually, he's got it stock, but it's uh, 240 horsepower and 2,700 pounds. So that gives you, and actually I'm going to tip my hand to one recommendation right now, <laughs> that is very similar to the S2000 yeah. in yeah. weight and power. So, I mean, that's an obvious choice here, but it's he also, as he goes on, I mean, what I find interesting car. is... Yeah. Exactly. I don't, that's one of my actual recommendations for you, Marcus, is the S2000 because it is a different execution of what you already have. It is now front mid-engine, mm-hmm. great six-speed. It has, you know, you've got a little uh, inline turbocharged four in that MR2. The S2000 is the opposite of that. It is the classic, naturally aspirated, rev it to the moon to get the power, and then way up high is the power. If this is going to be your weekend fun car, and and what you're saying is you're going to keep the MR2 for the Aaron's car, which I think is kind of funny, actually, because that's (laughs) one of the least, you know, the least utilitarian cars on the planet. But that's your your, trailer. Exactly exactly right. He's he's just going to put stuff on the back glass. It's going to be fine. Yeah, right. so anyway, but but then but see the S two thousand is even more focused and it's still going to have that similar weight and power. It's going to have a very different feel though, and with twenty grand you could get an AP two, the second gen, which is a little bit nicer. You right. get either one. Right. Find a nice one. I think that is a good option. I want to make a, a quick uh, just detour here because you make a comment at the bottom where you say you've recently kind of fallen in love with air cooled nine elevens, Marcus. I'm sorry, no. Because those are ballooning in price, and with twenty grand, no, just trust me, don't do that. Walk away from the nine eleven urge, Marcus. Uh, I have some other I ideas, but S two thousands. I hear you, but I have to agree with Todd this time around. Twenty grand is going to get you half a nice air cooled nine eleven. It's not going to get you a whole car right now because they're just <laughs> they're skyrocketing price. I mean. I love those cars, of course. I mean, they're still rattling around in my head of something, you know, like the uh, yeah. the three point two Carreras. Love that car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know Ladies how viable it is because then, you know, the price is going up. If I already had one, I might actually consider selling it because, man, you can make a boatload yeah. of cash on that right now. This is the but time, absolutely. I've got to agree with Todd. I I just don't think this is the time in your life for that car. You're 22. I think there's time, and yeah. Drive them if you can get access to it and you can drive one, great. But for right now, I, I think there's some other viable options, as Todd's saying. And, you know, I can't ignore the MX-5 Miata or the BRZ, the FRS BRZ. Mm. They're not mid-engine. Sure. They're sure. nearly – they kind of have the same yeah. balance-ish as mm-hmm. the S2000 mm-hmm. you're talking about. We've driven those cars a lot, and we love them too. Yeah. And I, yeah. I thought you were going to go down the road of just the different balance, you know, where the weight is in the car. They're still-ish – Kind of mid-engine. Obviously, the S2000 does it a little bit better, but that the different S2000 dynamic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. to hone your skills, mm-hmm. and that's where I was thinking of. There, you know, mm-hmm. you've got the opportunity to have two cars, so why not make them kind of different? They're both going to be I sort of that. sporty, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. that'll hone your driving skills further. Say, okay, now I'm in the front mid-engine car, and this is how yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm I'm correcting and and driving this way, and then I get in my 
rear mid engine car and do it this way. That's an interesting point. I, yeah. I think it yeah, might yeah, yeah. Uh, it push your broaden the dynamics somewhat. I yeah, because we're always you know of course pushing ourselves and and uh, you know wanting to do that as much as possible. Maybe that mm-hmm. might help. Maybe not. Of course, obviously it comes down to what you really love. Uh, I had a couple suggestions here, and I went hunting, okay. uh, finding Uh-oh. not that much to be honest because of the twenty grand price. Um, you know, of course, sure, there's sure. mid-engine galore in the exotic realm, but even, you know, like an Acura NSX or something like that, you're not even going to touch one. Yeah, for can't touch those. Nope, unless can't it's get there. Super can't beat get there. down. So I came back to, I thought, all right, well, what about a Lotus Elise? Well, nope, because you found that $29,000 nope, one, you know, that was yeah. The ones you want awesome, are 30 and up. The ones you want are thirty and up. Yeah. That's, that's the truth of it. You could get like you can get a branded title or a salvage title one for twenty two, twenty three, and you have to roll the dice. I mean, sometimes those cars are only a salvage title because they got that rear clamshell broken, mm-hmm. and the the insurance guys were very prone on those cars because it's literally like the back half of a car when you dent the rear of, the, of that oh, uh, lease very badly. You've got to order the back half of the car. Insurance companies were very prone to write those off as totaled. So sometimes you could roll the dice on a salvage title at least, but again, still, you're probably going to be twenty three, twenty four grand at that point. That would be a fantastic step up into a focused mid-engine car from your MR2. I just don't know if you can pull that off. What about like uh, the early Boxsters though? Because you could have like well, you know, for the ninety-seven yes. to ninety-nine Boxster, they're probably what. Oh, 10 I'll go to you 15? one for oh, for oh yeah yeah Maybe? easily. I and mean, here's Somewhere the thing: there? we 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 may look. We may be off base because we are we're think, thinking U.S. prices in our brain. I'm not sure Canadian prices, but I will say this, and I, and that's an interesting point. I wonder if your twenty k is twenty k Canadian, and we're completely off our rocker. But it might change um, daily here with the way the. Yeah, eurozone but, crisis uh, yeah, exactly. is going, but uh, yeah, who exactly. Knows? But but I but I was going to say, you know what? Depending upon what your market is like, I think not even just first gen Boxster. I think you have the possibility to get into a newer Boxster, the next gen, the the what was it, the nine eight seven that was the match to your Cayman, which also brings me to yeah. what about a Cayman? Yeah. What about a base Cayman? Yeah, it might I bet not you be an 20 S. Grand, but the, you could get base. a base Cayman yeah. if you can find an S. Awesome, but if you could get a base Cayman. That's going to be a significant step up from your MR2 in every single category. And, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel, because you make a comment in here, you want to have a car that you just feel good being in and you like being seen in. The Cayman will do that all day long. <laughs> you got to be careful, Marcus, because if you get a base Boxster, your use for both cars might suddenly switch because those Boxsters yeah. or, and Caymans, yeah. actually, those are useful cars. They've got the front very, and the trunk. Very, very. When I had mine, Todd and I found we had plenty of room for luggage and mm-hmm. drinks and mm-hmm. just stuff. And we're looking right. at each other going, this is kind of an ideal road trip car. Who knew? There's a part of me that almost wonders if you got a car like that, Marcus, if you'd take your MR2, which you love, and actually strip it out some and make it a focused autocross track car Ooh. and make that more hardcore – yeah, and get that's that an idea. Lighter. Because that that Boxster Cayman's going to weigh you know twenty nine hundred, maybe three thousand pounds, really depending 3, on your spec. It's a yeah. little bit heavier. It's a little bit bigger, but it's also quite a bit nicer. Maybe that becomes the more common car, and the MR two can become your more kind of Mad Max referencing last week, I guess, but <laughs> Mad Max focused track car, and that could be really interesting too. I'm just thinking out loud. Here. No, this know, is good. It's a, it's a thought. It's a thought. Didn't see that one coming, did you, Marcus? We should <laughs> we should probably try to move on to Scott, should we? Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I like this because this is different. You know, I actually went searching on Realtor.com <laughs> and found oh, oh. 
what they have said best cars for realtors, and here's why. Mm. Scott is a realtor, and he's asking yeah. with yeah. a entirely different category than you and I have ever discussed. We're not talking mm-hmm. autocross mm-hmm. or high-speed runs or canyon carving. He's asking, he's a realtor, he's got mm-hmm. a lot of miles searching around for a house, and I, I mean, you know this, I know this, we yeah. both bought yeah, houses yeah. and driving around neighborhoods and getting the you know, the nickel tour. And it puts a lot of wear and tear on a car. And he needs to and he needs to take clients around and they need <laughs> and to feel like they're class. in a nice car. Yeah. Yeah. It's got he's gotta be classy. It's gotta be usable for him. What he has right now, here's the thing about Scott. Scott's one of these guys, and you know, I'm gonna say comment on being jealous, Scott, because it must be nice. But Scott's one of these guys that he has a car a year or 18 months because he puts a ton of miles on it. He buys them used. He buys them recently used, but he buys them used, puts a ton of miles on them, has them, you know, maybe two years on the high side and dumps them. He's had some cars he's loved and some cars that he hasn't liked that much. He has a Lexus GS right now that he feels like is the definition of fine. It's perfectly good for all of his needs. It's true. It's, it's true. true. It's he said as much to me. It's, it's perfectly good for all of his needs. It's got good space. It's classy. It's all of these things. It's been reliable. He just doesn't have any passion for it. And he's tried to have passion for it and doesn't. So he's come to us going, all right, I think the Lexus is out. I think the Lexus is out the door. It's getting that time. What's next? He's got about 55K to spend, which is good. He wants to go like a year used or maybe two years used, so it's still certified. And he's throwing out some interesting things here. It's funny because I I approach this in my head as if I were doing a design project, like I would design a car or a product or a piece of furniture. And my first thought is, what does this car need to do for Scott? Well, first of all, Mm -hmm. you know, I fresh off this house buying experience. I need a place to put stuff. I want a place to write, so I'm not just writing on a bunch of sheets and flyers on my lap. It'd be nice to have a, like, a wider <laughs> armrest to write some stuff sure, and I see make that. some yeah, notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, drinks and maybe lunch and place to put all your stuff that you take with you. You know, yeah, phone and needs and, to be classy. And yeah. then classy. And I'm, then I'm thinking, all right, I hate to say this, but I kind of think it's true. The kind of car a realtor drives definitely tells you what kind of houses they sell. And I'm looking on this realtor site and they're listing like, you know, the the luxury stuff, but then they're listing, you know, the green machines. Oh, you want to project an image of green? Well, what are you in Palm Springs selling, you know, windmill powered turbine houses? No. (laughs) You want to make a sale. You got windmill powered turbine (laughs) houses. I mean, Scott's kind of a baller. I mean, he's selling some nice stuff. I, I, I want to tour one of those just to see what those homes are like. They're I'm loud. I'm not sure. Are they tur- and drafty, Anyway, moving on. Sorry, go on. You. Yeah, they are. Bravo. Okay. Um, you know, so it just, okay, so I'm thinking, all right, because you kind of, I hate to say it, you sort of judge your realtor based on kind of car they pull up in and, you know, you're driving around Possibly, in such and yeah. such a car and you think, all right, so the housing prices sort of match, you know, it's like, a, are you in a Mercedes S-Class so, driving yeah. around so looking at this guy's doing well. Condos yeah, and townhomes, totally or You're right. You're are right. you? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So I'm, I was approaching this as a design problem. Yeah. You know what? What does that piece of furniture have to do, or what does that product have to do? Then let's you know go outward from there because it's so atypical to our our driving, sure. well, you know, our usual proclivities that we run to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. But he, you know, he lists some things, and I think the things he lists, especially considering he's coming out of the GS sedan, which, you know, is their it's five just, series competitor. It's just fine. Flip, 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 it flip. is. Let's see. F, F, it fine, is. fine, fine. Lexus GS. Huh. Yeah. I wonder how that got in there. <laughs> 
Exactly. But he, the things he lists that he's already eyeing are, is an interesting list that kind of lets you in on Scott's headspace. He says BMW X5, Porsche Cayenne, Audi Q5, or Range Rover Sport. Now, I want to touch on pros and cons of all of those briefly. However, I think you've forgotten a couple that, when I think about your situation, Scott, are, are at least worth considering. But where did you land, Paul? Well, I, I noticed all those uh, that he listed that you just read, they're all SUVs. And I'm thinking, okay. Yeah, I know. I was kind of surprised too. Yeah. Cool, because I can see from a standpoint of having a lot of tall window space to be able to look out and see the house that you're driving by and touring the neighborhood and getting a feel for. I, I guess. But and so I, I thought, don't know okay, that it's necessary. well, maybe that's where he's going. But then I think, well, cars. What about just cars? Like, I totally agree. The one I'm totally looking agree. at right here on ParkPlaceLimited.com. Uh oh. 2012 uh -oh. Audi A8L. Black with tan mm. leather. It's a f baller car. Forty thousand miles for fifty grand. I mean, that's, that's the kind amazing. of car. What year? It's a twenty twelve. So. Oh man, you and Park Place do oh. not put me in a good headspace. <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay, this go thing on. This is sweet looking. It'd be the. I mean, how could you not make a sale driving clients around in this thing? They'd want to <laughs> pick you. Just based on the car that you drive, and that's maybe, the choice maybe. you want to do. That's how you want to buy a car if you're well, I mean, filter. I'd think. Here, here's the thing, Scott. If you're if you're coming you're coming out of the Lexus, which you've talked about liking for reliability, that makes me a little concerned for you in either BMW X5 or certainly for Range Rover Sport. You know, they might be fine, and I actually I actually, I like both those. I, I really do. I like both of them. The Range Rover is really nice every range rover driven has driven nice yeah. and it yeah. looks nice it's a great place to be but their their reliability is notoriously problematic yeah. so yeah. that's a real problem there the x5 they can be money pits and then there's the people that are raising their hand and going well mine's always been fine so there's that kind of dice roll there on both of those i, I mean Look, obviously I bought one, but I'm going to say Porsche Cayenne <laughs> out of your list. But I'm going to say it for a couple of reasons. That's, that's I think good. in spite of in spite of the fact that for 55 grand you can get the current model, which I will say right now, the Cayenne I bought is not a beauty queen. I think the revised current model is by far the best looking Cayenne ever and a genuinely good looking SUV. Yours isn't bad. So it's better than get, the first gen. I like your car. Uh, yes, but there was nowhere to go but up. So anyway, um, you know, but, but the, oh, the yeah. Cayenne is also a lot nicer and more usable space-wise than the Q5. So of the four you listed, X5, Cayenne, Q5, and Range Rover Sport, I would say Cayenne of that group. However, I don't think that's your car. You don't? What do you think? Yeah, is? I feel like I've I feel like I found it. I've I've got two to list. One is a total wild card, Ooh. and the other I think is your car, Scott. Wow! I was thinking about this and suddenly went, "Wait a minute! I think I've got it." You're calling the home the run wild here, card, huh? The wild card, just because I know you can get deals on them and you don't see a ton, and I would say at least go drive it. Cadillac CTS. Hmm. Okay. Okay. They aren't look the 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 current That's one. That's your wild the, card. The current you one you can get. This is the wild card. The okay, current one okay. you can get new. That is an interesting looking car. That car has presence. Now I'm not saying everybody's going to love the styling, but it has genuine presence. It's got a good interior, good space, excellent dynamics. They aren't selling well, which means you can get a deal on even a new one if you wanted to go that route. I think it's worth driving. Just you're coming out of the Lexus. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. I would at least go drive the CTS. However. I'm kind of calling my shot tonight on this. I'm I'm wondering. I'm gonna let you go because I I have a thought, and I'm wondering if it's the same. We haven't we haven't talked about this, by the way, 
to Scott, listeners. Um, <clears throat> Audi A7. Why not the Audi A7? Oh. That, that's actually my question for you, Scott. Why not the Audi A7? You have the hatch of your SUVs. So if you're hauling, you know, realty open house signs and that kind of stuff, I understand SUVs are helpful for that kind of thing. If you're hauling that kind of stuff, great hatch, but you've got, I mean, you've got the great space front and back. You can take, you know, three other people around with you if you need to. You certainly could. And when you drive, I mean, I'm talking A7 here, which for 55 grand you have your choice of A7s. Mm. That is a car that in the bottom half of the rev range, that to supercharged car is actually got really good power. <laughs> right. It's got really good right. power. It, it is more interesting to look at and to drive than your Lexus. I say, why SUV and why not the A7? Now that you said A7, I bet you can guess mine because it's not too far off. Where are you? Where are you? Porsche Panamera. That's what I was thinking. Same for the yes. same reasons. Hatch, yes, it but here's, screams I, I agree. realtor to me. I, I thought of that. The problem for me with the Panamera and the reason that I, I think the A7 is better is because the Panamera is only four seats and the hatch is smaller. Uh, yes, but I mean... Uh, I mean, I think, I, I think not, all, not all the A7s, but I know you, you can, can get, get an A7 and you can there. source it with the back seat. Not in the Panamera, you can't, because it's got the the center console, and a lot of the A7s have well, it too. But I know you can get the yeah, A7 I mean, with the option of the rear bench. Not not in the back, but I mean, you know, somebody in riding shotgun and then two in yes, you're two right. in the back seat. You're right now, it depends. Yeah, how many people you're hauling around? You're right because you know it usually it'd be either you know one person or a couple. So how many yeah people do you need? Yeah. You know, usually kids don't want to go on a buying decision trip, so they're just kind of cool. They don't want to, but sometimes there's no they're choice. Kind of like I mean, cool. Don't get me wrong. Whatever. I think the pan. I, I think the Panamera. If you look at the Cayenne, look at the Panamera. Why not? I th- I think that the I, I'm going to stand with the A7. I think A7 is the answer. Panamera, Panamera for me. They're very similar. <laughs> so that means we've reviewed them both, Scott. So that actually helps. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that means you have to go drive them both. Uh, watch our review. Uh, I'm trying to decide if you should watch it before or after he goes and drives them. I say uh, watch it after. Go drive them first, and then watch our reviews, and then go buy one of the two. And we're curious. Watch it before. Watch it before and after. Watch <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing here. Watch it before and after. And both times, Scott, turn off your ad blockers. That's, what That's I'm a good go one. With. And and hopefully, if you're listening, go watch those if you haven't already. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the ad blockers are a great idea. So thank you guys for listening and watching. And we really appreciate uh, everything that you're doing to help us grow. Uh, Twitter yeah. and Facebook. Yeah, if you've yeah. got your own car debate, like these guys have written in, EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com. Write, it, write to us. And then, of course, Fast Blast content. Make suggestions for us on Facebook page. So that way we can kind of yeah. keep those delineated, keep those separate, you know, apart from each other. That and, does help. Uh, that does create help, yeah. content accordingly. So thank you guys so much. Hope you're having fun because we sure are.